mean that declaration from the depth of your heart. Can you lift your hands to heaven? If everything you've just said right now, you meant it with every drop of blood that you want to see the Lord, you want to experience the Lord, I'd like you to begin to say, Lord, send a word in my direction this evening. Minister to my heart this evening. Refresh me this evening. Tell me something that would take me to the next level. Change my story in this encounter with you this evening. Lord, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my understanding to encounter you in a new way. Lord, thank you for the visitation of your spirits in this service today. We return all the praise and the glory to you. And the saints of God say a better amen. amen. Is there any saint in the house this evening that is sincerely glad to be in God's house? Can I hear a better amen? amen. Put those hands together for the Lord Jesus. And you may have your seat comfortably in the presence of your Father in heaven. It is always a great pleasure to come to the presence of the Lord. It's something we need to remind ourselves that it is not as simple as it is in some geographical location in this country. In some places in Nigeria, they can't gather the way we are gathered. So it's a very awesome opportunity that we can come together and worship the Lord, have an encounter with him, and have our life transformed. And I say to you this evening, by the special grace of God, the God that you have come to seek, you will find in Jesus' name. The God that you are knocking his door will open unto you in the name of Jesus. For that thing that is in your heart, that is the desire, heaven will attend to it in this service in Jesus' name. I'm believing God for a wonderful time in his presence, and I know that somebody will leave this auditorium refreshed, better, stronger in the name of Jesus. If you are that person, can I hear a better amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, I want to welcome you to another wonderful, beautiful midweek service. If going by the calendar, today is 28th day of April 2021, and by counting, this is the last Wednesday of the month of April. Um, just like yesterday we said Happy New Year, three months, four months, it's already passing by. It's an amazing thing to be alive and to see this beautiful day. A lot of things has happened, a lot of people are gone, but we are seated here strong and healthy. And I think it's a good place to lift your hands and just say, Lord, thank you for everything you have done. The journey of January to April has been an amazing one. We celebrate the name of the Lord. All right, so it's a midweek service. And... Um, the intention and the purpose of the midweek service is to give everybody the opportunity, knowing that when we start out on Sunday, we start out with what we call the reinforcement of our faith. We start out with the determination to conquer for the new week. Every utterance of God is to gear us towards accomplishment to start the new week called Monday. I've been privileged to work um, in the banking institution, and I know that Monday morning used to be the usual appraisal meeting. And so blood is rising. Temperature is rising. And I know that Monday is one time that you want to approach it with every zest, every energy, every grace in you, because how it starts can affect how it will end. And so when we come to church on Sunday, it's to enjoy the privilege of empowerment. And then the midweek service, of course, is an opportunity also to realize and be aware that like everything about life, whether your phone or your car, there will be a point that you need to pause and recharge. Because midweek, between now and Sunday, a lot of great things is still bound to happen. A lot of wonderful things will happen. But we know that in the journey of life, sometimes wisdom might not disqualify you. The absence of strength can disqualify you. 
For everything you intend to accomplish, if strength is missing, you won't be able to accomplish it. So we come in on Wednesday to refortify ourselves again, to reinforce our faith again, particularly knowing that the scripture was very clear in the book of Matthew, I believe, chapter 6, um, from verse um, 34. He said, do not worry about tomorrow. He said, they said, why? He said, because each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day. You know, so don't worry about tomorrow. So when we gather this evening, the intention of heaven and the plan of God and the objective of God is to strengthen us again so that we approach the remaining part of the week with a sense of determination, accomplishment, and great testimonies. And that shall be our experience in Jesus' name. So the task of rebooting you, recharging you, is my responsibility this evening under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I trust God that everybody saying amen, either physically present here or online, you will be recharged for the remaining part of the week in Jesus' name. I take it as a great honor and not with the light attitude to be standing before you. The opportunities are viewed me by the entire pastorates, particularly the set man of this house, the shepherd over this house. I want to say thank you to our senior pastor for the opportunity. It's a great one, and I trust God to be able to do accordingly as instructed. Amen. Amen. Are we ready for God's word? Are we ready for God's word this evening? All right, so you expect to bring out your writing pad, your pen, and piece of paper that you have to write a few things down. Uh, because in the place of grace this evening, I'm hoping that I will be quite um, systemic in the approach and the delivery of God's word. And so it will require you to be quite attentive. I will do a little bit of um, playback because it's essential, knowing that the kingdom of God is like this, the prototype of a classroom. After giving your life to Christ, the first thing God would like to establish is to give you a teachable spirit. There is something called teachable spirit. Some people are not earning because they are not learning. Now, the more you learn, the more you earn, because money, we all know, is a product of value exchange. So the same thing applies in God's kingdom. The structure of the church is a prototype of an institution where you are supposed to come and learn with the belief that at redemption, you, you had received a teachable spirit. If you are not able to learn from God, then there will be a lot of issues between you and God. And so you must be willing to learn. You must open yourself. That scripture, one of my favorites in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, I believe, chapter 11, the verse 20, when it says, come unto me, all you that are burdened, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're weary, you're, you're just lost the sense of desire. He said, come, I have provision for you. And he said, what is the provision? He said, when you are coming, please remember to drop your burden. And then the next thing you say is, I am meek, learn from me. Because everything you call mountain today Something is missing in it. One of the things missing is the absence of knowledge. So you must learn God. You must learn God. And that is all that we hope to be able to accomplish this evening. We're going to learn things. And so to learn things, for those who went to a very good institution, there's something called recap. You need to go back to what you had written, you had learned, you had studied. Perhaps in the course of the entire week, you had omitted and forgotten some things. So we do a little recap to reconnect you with where the journey started from. And so I'm going to do a little recap, particularly staying focused on the month of April that happens to be the celebration of Easter, and we launched the month with such a profound instruction from heaven on the power of his resurrection, the power of his resurrection. And I know, sincerely speaking, every delivery from heaven should have consumers on earth. Every product from heaven, there are people on earth to consume it. Every instruction from heaven, the beneficiary is you, not God. So when he told you that I am and taking you to a season where there will be a demonstration of the resurrection power, there can be no better time for you to take it serious as much as then. 
And so the teaching started, the foundation that was laid by the shepherd over this house, the senior pastor, he laid the preferred foundation and anchored the scripture. Remember, 3, 10, 3, 10. I mean, if you remember 3.10, Philippians 3.10, remember that scripture? Can I have it up on screen if some of us would um, use it to refresh our mind? Uh, Philippians 3.10, that when he was saying that, that I may know him, you remember the scripture? That I may know him. You would observe that in that scripture, there are three and, and, and. The and there is a conjunction for those who studied English. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. But the man of God was able to zoom in exactly on the particular second and that had to do with the power of his resurrection. And it was such a very practical teaching, the foundation he laid. And by the time we approached the opposite, the following Sunday, Pastor Yomi Badi Yokusoya came and raised the bar a little more. He brought it to a reality. And I remembered something I will never forget he asked while he was starting the message. And I'm going to throw it at us as the same practical question. Please just say your mind on the word power. And the question he asked us that very Sunday morning is that, what can you do in life without Power. I mean, if you recall, he asked that question. What is something you think you can accomplish in life without the availability of power? As a matter of fact, if you really want to be honest and sincere with yourself, the reason why you're feeling so tired and feeling discouraged is because there is a drain of strength, there is a drain of courage, there is a complete absence of Power or insufficient power. I have seen some cars that you will try to start the car, the car will sound giving you an impression that the power you are trying to generate to move this machine is not sufficient. So we have people that can have zero power and insufficient power. But fundamentally, fundamentally, and let us be honest in this school of reason this evening, is there anything that can be accomplished without power? Now, so if this is true, because when you use the word anything cannot be accomplished, then it should naturally instigate you to know that the emptiness of your life, the battles you are losing, the victory you don't have, is not the absence of God. It's that power is not in demonstration. And I took that message with every pint of blood in me. Power. And then we move further. So this evening, so that I don't do so much of digression, I took my time to pen down my thoughts so that we stay focused because the real focus for me this evening is harnessing the power. That is not the title of the message. You will get the slide in a moment. But just to give you a, a, a very important remark, I mean, um, a replay, so that somebody seated here, you will go back home and tell yourself if you are feeling oppressed, if you are really feeling like someone is bullying you, if you think life is pushing you to a point where you are asking, God, where are you? What is missing is not the absence of God. Power is not in demonstration. If you ever experience a victory in your life, a superior power came to your rescue. Power is not negotiable in the battles of life. And there is a program that I used to remember. They call it Power Must Change Hands. Power is not negotiable in this journey of life. So, if for everything you don't want, power should not be one, 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 one of those things you don't want. You should desire to have power. And we're going to have to establish that as we progress here. Our father in the Lord, the senior, pastor, the senior shepherd over the house, 
laid a profound foundation, reminding us that the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was made possible by the availability of what we call the resurrection power. So that brings me to a very simple question and a simple discussion. If the scripture was very specific about the kind of power that brought Jesus alive, that would also position us to admit that perhaps there are other forms of power. Am I correct here? There are other forms of power. But this particular power we refer to in First Corinthians, I mean, in Philippians 3, talked about their exhortation power that brought somebody from the dead. Now, I have never seen that played out. Resuscitation and resurrection, they are not the same thing. We all know that. To resuscitate a man and to resurrect a man, they are not the same thing. So, to resuscitate a man, you can do what I call mouth to mouth breathing. Anything medical can be done. But when you say a man is dead, day one, dead, day two, dead, day three, dead, everything in him is gone. And then a surge of power came from nowhere and brought the person back. You know what? The good news is that that resurrection power should give somebody hope here that nothing is permitted to die in your life. The only reason why he's staying dead is because the resurrection power has not contacted it. Nothing. The good news about resurrection power is that at the arrival of resurrection power, death will give way. And in case you don't know how powerful death is, according to scripture, death is a strong enemy and the last enemy to be defeated. And there are people who are dealing with death situations in different departments of their life. Now, this month will not end except to testify to the resurrection power. Now, God is not a joker. He will say what he means and he will mean what he says. I need the resurrection power at work. There are different kinds of power. And that's why it was quite specific about calling it resurrection power. But because he really wanted you to know that this one is resurrection power. There is political power. Am I correct? There is physical power. Abi, there is Nepal power. <laughs> Imagine it in your head and travel in your thoughts. There are dimensions of power. And maybe I should remind you, there is occultic power. You know, recently I was watching some very interesting video how some um, able gentlemen were having their baths in public in broad daylight. Red. There was one in the cemetery, sir. There was another set of people on the bridge. Wearing red. Now, the negligence and the carelessness of some of us who have the original power is to assume that they are joking. Nothing will move until it confronts certain power. So we're talking about dimensions of power now. There's occultic power, there is physical power. Some people don't have physical power. You do that, they will fall down. Purchasing, there is purchasing power. You know, that power is very strong. Ego power. If you have not seen power at work, you underestimate it. One of the amazing things I've seen, in, I mean, I'm a lover of epic movie. Do you know what we call the royal power? When a man can sit on a throne and determine if he will live or die, he will tell an ordinary boy, go and cut off his head, and there will be no rethink. It's power at work. The day the revelation of power dawns on you, it will automatically change your prayer life. Because every satanic threat 
is a product of absence of spiritual heavenly power. And today this journey is essential for us. And so the, the, the foundation was laid on that, on the resurrection power, which is what I'm going to zoom in on. And then I'm just taking my time now to let us see that there are all that other dimensions of power. But my focus this evening is the resurrection power. Let me ask us a very honest practical question. What is the consequence of not having power? Any, anybody can help. I mean, just take a sincere reflection and imagine not having power. What is the consequences? When you say death, this is just a good way to end your misery. There are people who are alive, but as good as they, they are praying to die because of the harassment, intimidation, and the pain and misery of life. Where there is no power, there will be dormancy. You'll be in comatose. It looks like you are living, but you are dead. Oh. Exactly. Amen. Now, let someone again think. The absence of power. Eh? D, I like that one. Defeat. You will consistently be a description of defeat. God forbid. Don't joke. When this object, this object will not move until a force is exerted on it. The mountains of life will not move until power is released. Now, when you hear messages like this, what you should do is wipe your tears and stop crying on your situation and tell yourself what I really need that is lacking is power. Good. It will not move. So when you have power, but your power is not enough, you can't move mountains. True. Can I tell you another thing about purchasing power? There is nothing you want to use to enjoy life that is not usually for sale. It is available. I know where to get the things I want. True. What I don't have is sufficient purchasing power. Amen. So when Pastor Steve says, dry your tears, stop crying about what you don't have. If it is purchasing power, connect with it. Hmm. If it is negotiating power, connect with it. If it is spiritual power, connect with it. And you see, all these people that chase us in dreams and all that, when they see fire, Mm -hmm. they don't show up. I'll I'll give you an example. I used to live somewhere in Ikeja, and somebody that didn't know me, one day met me. He said, you are the man that lives in that house. I said, yes. He said, really? Didn't you hear the day they were going from door to door? breaking, they will cut the chain, they will enter, they will do everything. I was fast asleep. Hmm. He said, as the Lord lives. 
Say, when they go to your house, we saw fire on the top of your house. Praise God. That the boy said, this house, fear. They ran away. He said, I don't know who lived in that house. He said, you are the person. He said, did you know? I said, no, I was sleeping. But fire was present. May fire of God be present in our lives. Amen. Pastor, I was going to draw us that attention to one of the laws of physics. Okay, so Pastor, let me draw my attention to one of the laws of physics, yeah, which the law is of motion. Uh, yeah, the very f the first law of motion says an object will not change its motion unless a force acts on it. So something will continue to be where it is until a force acts on it. So what that brings to our attention is even God respects the law of everything. Like Pastor said the other time, when is it Sarah? He said. And the Lord, um, um, yes, Selah received strength to conceive. So even God respects the law of giving birth. But he understands that process in that law requires strength. And he will apply that law so that you can give birth like every other person. So also in our lives, you understand there are some things we need to do. And we must go through the law of life. So he gives us strength to be able to apply the law of life. So that nobody will come and ask you, did this miracle from, from heaven? It actually requires you to do something that is missing, which is requiring or understanding the part of power. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Please celebrate the man of God. Now, please, let's admit that to step into this service this evening, it's a choice and a decision you made. And one of the things you ought to accomplish to go back home with is something to reverberate in your heart to say, no. I won't, I won't accept this. Now, listen again to that law of motion. Everything will remain the way they are. And trust me, some things are willing to stay with you to your old age. Some problems, they have signed a contract to live with you. To, like a man of God said, my tomorrow, he said the most fertile ground in the whole planet is the burial ground. They said, why? He said there are millions of people who never accomplished their dreams and they died with the dreams. And this law of motion, now this is the law created and crafted by the intellect of men. And it's in, total, it's in total compliance with scripture. That if you are where you are and you are feeling completely frustrated and things are not moving, two things could be responsible. Absence of zero power or insufficient power. And if you can admit that, that by natural force will prepare you to design what do I need to do? Any problem that leaves you to the whole age, you didn't have sufficient energy to push it away. I can tell you this free of charge. If you ever see a burner, hot plates, you don't need to take a microphone to announce to butterfly not to sit on it. Am I correct? The ass fly. <laughs> Now imagine your life is constantly saturated with divine power. Imagine what you will move. I remember the story of a man called Sugusword, who was having a wonderful sleep in his room. And a demon showed up from nowhere into his living room. The demon scattered the whole living room. The demon scattered the whole living room. The man was sleeping. By reason of the noise, he got up and stepped into the living room and saw the demon. The demon ran out through the window. Guess what the man did? 
He said, hey, come back, come back, come back here. Come back here. Come back here. You, come back here. Arrange it the way you met it. It's not stays by moonlight, oh. I knew God was up to something when he opened the month of April to say, ah, all this intimidation and harassment and repeated story and Jesus' dirty things going around is power that is not available. And it's not just an ordinary power. It is the peak, the zenith of all power called the resurrection power. And friends, I have been thinking, meditating. Let me give us three scriptures. Why do you need power? Psalm 110 verse 3 revealed certain reasons why we must have this power. Psalm 110 verse 3. It said, your people shall be volunteers in when? In the power. So, I am tired. I am discouraged. I am not willing. I'm not excited. I don't want to come to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything God is. If I right now, you are even keeping my list with God. The reason why you are in that condition is that you are not experiencing divine power at work. And I can tell you also by free of charge, when divine power is not at work, because nature abhors vacuum, vacuum, eh? satanic power will feel it. If you are not praying, you'll be sleeping. There is no in-between. If you are not interested in God, you'll be interested in something. There is no in-between. You have no option but to connect and tap into resurrection power. Let me give you the next reason why you need power. Look at it in Luke, 8, Luke 10, 19, very quickly. He said, behold, I give unto you what? To travel on what? Uh, no, don't jump. Those things are not animals on the street. Oh. They are not the animals in the bush. All these are just figurative expressions of spiritual things. Serpents, people who are very conny, conny, conny people around you. Scorpions, who come as friends, yet they are willing to sting you. And all over all the power of the enemy. Is there anybody in this place sitting right now that you are not experiencing one form of spiritual warfare? There are many things we are never trained to do in life is to be ready for the battle of life. We're trained to go to school, trained to make money, but the battles of life, we're not well equipped for it. And there are many professors who are sinking. There are many doctors who are dying. Not dying because they lack medical knowledge, but the absence of spiritual power. And a little house help who they call a little witch, is tormenting some land. In fact, very funny things going around these days. I can't begin to illustrate here. You cannot survive too long without the power. In fact, you cannot survive at all. Let me give you the second reason why you need power, Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7, talked about another reason why we need power. He made known his ways to who? To Moses and his heart to the children of Israel. You need to know God. You need to. He made known the source of power to Moses. And he demonstrated it to what? You know, some people want miracles. Some people want to become the miracle worker. There are two different people. Some people want the miracle. Others want to be the what? Miracle worker. Sincerely speaking, which one would you prefer? I want, to, I want fish. I want to teach you how to catch fish. Which one would you prefer? That is what you are reading there. Those who are looking for a miracle and those who are giving them the miracle. Who is the real powerful person? That is what we make some people go and bow to a man with white beards, with dirty clothes, in the search of miracle, whilst you are the custodian of power yourself. 
Three reasons you need to have power. The message today, I want to establish that we need a lot of power, and I am aware that a lot of people seated here, by reason of your redemption exposure, there should be some level of power at work in you right now. I can tell you, not with so much pride, but I can tell you joyfully, I have not visited a hospital in the past 26 years. I have not. And I'm not saying good hospital is wrong. But certain revelation will constantly be at work in you that will repel some dirty attractions. I can't imagine, and this is the day I got it. He said, I can't imagine Jesus complaining of headache. I can't imagine Jesus complaining of typhoid. I can't imagine Jesus complaining of sickness and disease. He, the man said, I could not imagine it, and so I can't imagine it being me. If Christ be in me, then where is the headache and the typhoid going to sit? Do you have headache once in a while, Pastor Steve? Yes. But there is knowledge to deal with it. And knowledge is power. Because I'm still coming to the last recap. Now, you will recall that on Sunday, this very Sunday, who can recall the title of the message for this Sunday? It's very, it's very pivotal to this, this teaching on power. Who can recall the title of the message on Sunday? The, I should bless you, I should help you a bit. Hmm? Now, you see why we have to keep repeating and keep going back to how, where we started from so that you don't forget. The blessings of what? Knowing what to do. Now, pay attention. When I came up to wrap up the service by his privilege and grace, I titled the message, The Mother of All Messages. Are you following me? Now, why did I say that? Because it is possible, sincerely and practically, for you to be a custodian of power and not know how to apply it. Is it possible? Would it surprise you that for every one of us that, that seems to be holding an Android phone right now, it will shock you that the capacity of this phone, just a few of us can be using up to 50% of it. You know, it's true. 50% of what this phone is capable of. Why? And then don't always forget also that every of these devices, they will usually come with what? A manual. Is that correct? So let me now throw a question at us. How many people buy phone, unwrap the phone, and then take your time to read the manual? How many of us do that? No, the natural proclivity is you assume you know where to hone it, and then you understand some fundamentals that the phone could do. Do you know there's some code in this phone, studies, studies, that can shut down this phone permanently? So it is possible for you to have power within you, but the absence of knowledge to activate and apply it can be missing. And so you would understand why they now said, my people perish, not for lack of power, but... The inability to know what to do with power. I was trying to make a definition. The difference between authority and power. 
Physics tells you power is F equals to MA. F is force. M is mass. A is acceleration. That's what physics will tell us. What is authority? Is authority power? Can you have power and not have authority? You know, it's, it's a study by study class. Is it possible to have power and not have authority? Is it possible to have power? So let's give an example. A policeman wearing a uniform, police uniform, and a truck is coming with high speed. And the policeman will do this. What happens if the truck refuses to stop? Eh? You don't want to answer. So let's, let, me, let me paint another scenario. The policeman is now wearing uniform. And a truck is coming with speed. And the policeman did this and brought out a gun. Would the truck stop? Would the truck stop? Why? Which one is authority? Which one is power? The uniform or the gun? <laughs> Pastor, thank you very much for answering that way. Pay attention. If the man held the gun without the uniform and told the trailer to stop and shot the trailer, the, the driver, rather, what do you think will happen to the man? The man is not on uniform. Stop the, the, the driver of the truck. The driver did not stop and shot the driver. What do you think would happen to the man? That is murder. In fact, if, to shoot the gun, in fact, if the man is not careful, there will be mob attack on him. Am I correct here? Follow this. On, you see, what we heard on Sunday. Now, if the man is wearing the uniform and he asks the driver to stop, the driver did not stop and he shoots the driver. What do you call that? It's called what? Enforcement of his what? Authority. The discretional ability to use power within the confines of his rules is what we call authority. And I can tell you here, my elementary knowledge of law, if you are not taught on the rudiments of authority, even if you are in power, you can breach authority and you can be harassed. So somebody will then be saying, Pastor Steve, what exactly is all this? The context right now is that you don't have power. What is missing is that you are not tutored in the language of authority. Now, because a man who does not respect his own words, you don't expect the devil to respect you. So, what would I call first? I will call authority as the character disposition of a man carrying power. There is character strength. When you match it with power, I, I, I'm finding a bit struggle to explain this. All right, sir. There's a scripture Pastor Me brought out when he took the service. It says, as long as the hair 
that is the, the son of the big man, yeah. as it were. As long as his heir remains a child, he's no better than a servant. Yes. Because a slave. A slave. No better than the slave. So that he's under tutelage and he can be sent all over the place. But irrespective of his size or his age, if he knew who he was, he will send all the servants and slaves in every direction. He will command the authority of his father and things will happen. True. So it's talking really about us. You're already the son of the king. Good. But in your understanding, you're no better than a child. So you do not now know how to deploy the resident power based on the authority that God has given you. Because when God gives you authority, that means you can call his power exactly. into action. But that is where knowledge becomes power. Thank you, sir. Pastor just broke it down. You have no idea how it can be very painful and frustrating for pastors and shepherds of churches. See the sheep go through situations and they sometimes wonder, are you really born again? By your redemption privilege, this should not be happening to you. It is not my fault, neither is it the fault of God. Something is wrong with your willingness to learn the operation of power. Now, there is a scripture in Ephesians 3.20. Please pay attention to that scripture. It said, God is willing to do, I like the word willing there, exceedingly, abundantly, far above you can ever think or imagine, only on this condition, according to the power that is at work in you. Now, power is activated on the integrity of the custodian. Pay attention, please. Paul, I know. Peter, I know. Now, listen to this. The man he was referring to was making an attempt to exert power. But what failed him was the absence of character and integrity. The authority and the right to dissipate the power. It lacks the authority. And authority is learnt. Authority is learnt. You are tutored in the use of authority. Okay, so you, if you have a problem with what I've just explained, because this is really a great class. Because I expect you to walk through that door and know that there are some matters you will confront. Because of knowledge, you don't cry. You calm down. Yeah, you calm down. There are times you are stuck in traffic. Someone is insulting you. The knowledge of authority tells you, calm down. Now, let me give you another example. There was a man, one of the disciples of Jesus, apostle to be John. They upset Jesus so much that John was going to react. And Jesus told him, know not what manner of spirit that is at work in you. Power residence in us. Knowledge of authority to activate it. But that knowledge is predicated on your spiritual growth and maturity. On your spiritual growth and maturity. Your reluctance to grow would affect the expression of power. Consistently acting like a child will only lock down the potency of power.
I spoke, thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Thank you, sir. Some people, when I became a man, I put away the childish things. So it is not that power is not resident in us. The knowledge to be able to activate it is what we need to step into. And that's what made the message of Sunday the mother of all messages. Now, let me give you a good example. Practical one. And I want you to please be honest with me. The same anointing to heal cancer, the same power to heal cancer, is it the same power required to heal headache? Be honest with me, friends. Think. We are all seated on different issues that are dealing with us. The same power that brought Lazarus out of the grave, was it the same power that opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus? So that tells us something. Power in its application is dynamic. Yeah. Ability to release it into operation is a function of knowledge. And Jesus always knew what to do. So the word power currently resident in you is dormant because knowledge has not contacted it. What knowledge are we referring to? I'm going to leave one with you, just one, because by 7.30 we should be done. There is something called, you know, usually after Sunday, after service on Sunday, there is a video we play. And it's called the family video. Anybody remember? The family video that we play it every Sunday. It is to drive home the phenomenon or the philosophy that we are one big family. Beyond these pillars and walls, that we are stronger together. If there is something that can help any individual, amongst many now, don't take me out of context, that can help any individual to continuously enjoy the activation of power, it's on the theme of my message tonight. Can I have the slide up, please? Slide for tonight. Look at this. More power, more people. What do you get? More results. I have learned, they said in the multitude of counsel, have you heard that scripture before? There is what? Safety. Honestly speaking, these puppets, frankly, the, the weight is constant. I can't do anything about the weight of this puppet. So if one man is to carry this, it's going to be seemingly heavy. But if I ask about 20 of us to carry this thing, are we going to be able to lift it? Conveniently. Am I correct here? So in a moment, reflect. What is one thing you are currently dealing with that is heavy? Do you know why it is heavy? You are the only one carrying it. It's the law of mass. Everything has a permanent. You know, when I've studied mountains in the Bible, we say you speak to this mountain. After a while, he said, There's a, this kind of mountain does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That would have been the second thing I would have mentioned, activating the knowledge of power. But I want to stay on first because 
We are living in a very dangerous times and season, either in our nation or globally. And one of the strategic attempts of the enemy is to separate every individual. Separate us and make you be in isolation. And then once he does that, he throws a mountain that your own singular strength will never move. We just don't explain scriptures here. We are aware that you are on a journey in life. And every phase of the journey, you must come out triumphantly. But the contact of raw knowledge that you are willing to apply will determine the outcome of your greatness. Now imagine, in this room, we, all do, we, are, not, we are not all at the same level of grace. Like you hear it as a joke. We might be mates. We are not grace mates. Hmm? Now imagine that whatever right now you alone call a problem. Just in a moment, imagine you came forward now and you told everybody here, yeah, I have a problem. And that problem is sinking me and in the next 24 hours, I'm likely going to die. Let's even look for something more, 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 more painful. Say cancer. Do you know that if you stepped out of in, this, in front of this people and every one of us here with oneness of heart with oneness of heart. Your popular Deuteronomy 3032, you say one of you will chase a thousand. Right? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, from verse 9 downward says, Woe unto him that is alone. By the time you are approaching the next verse, it said the labor of two is better than one. By the time you are moving to the next verse, it said a cord of three is not easily broken. Power resident in you, but not sufficient to deal with the mountain. Why? Because you are alone. So the question is, why are you alone? You should not be alone because you belong to a family church. Not so many people are maximizing the privilege of our togetherness. Let me shock you a little bit. Let me shock you. If you have ever read Genesis chapter 6 before, they gathered together to build a tower to heaven. Nothing could stop them. Nothing. Because they were so together. So united. Nothing. God had to separate them by destroying the oneness. I watch that video every Sunday and I look at the arrays of heads seated. And I said, imagine everybody with the power inherent in us. We push the mountains together. I have seen men in traffic move a whole car off the ground. In traffic. The, the, the vehicle is causing obstruction. People gathered and they moved the whole car off the ground and moved it somewhere else. I am not too sure one man can do that. So I said to myself, preparing for this, the practicality of this message is somebody needs to understand that in our unity, the instruction he gave them in Acts of Apostles chapter, chapter 2 now, that all of you should go to the upper room. All of them, 120 people, stay there. Now, I can tell you free of charge here. If it was only one man that went to that upper room, he would have been tired. Because at the time they were expecting, they didn't show up. In fact, Bible history said there were over 1,000 that went to the upper room. But out of the delay in the Holy Spirit showing up, some were tired and they left. But 120 people stayed. And 120 people encountered the power. And we are enjoying the dividends of 120 people. On every Sunday, we are well over 400 people seated in this auditorium. None of you, none of us, 
should go home crying. None of us should go home feeling tired and fatigued and devastated. If it happens, then we are not connecting. So every time we play the video, it's to remind us of our connectivity. It's to remind us that you should not go to bed hungry. It's to remind us that you should not go to bed crying. Call somebody. Reach out to somebody. And as a matter of fact, if you are thinking that we're a family, sometimes somebody does not need to call you. The Holy Ghost will drop the name of somebody in your heart and you will reach out to the person. Practicality of power in connection with the first level of knowledge is that we need ourselves. We need ourselves. And I, I will cross with this testimony. Personal one. One of the things that strengthens the cord of leadership is loyalty of the subordinates. All right? And um, I had a very shaky moment a couple of years back. And the senior pastor, I knew I would never have survived. Ah, may we not see problem? No, no, you know, it is, you, it is, it is when you have not seen problem, you'll be thinking you are a man. Ah, mole, mole, mole. Have you seen a man crying when the wife is in labor room? Helpless and useless. And the doctors are saying, we're trying our best, but I'm not sure something will happen. I knew I would not have survived it. But you know what? The senior pastor, the pastorate, my associate pastor friend, Pastor Tifia, they will say, Oga, it is not what you are going through that is the problem. I will never forget that sentence. It is not what you are going through that is the problem here. It's how you are going to fortify yourself with the attitude to go through it. You need an attitude to change this attitude. Now, what the enemy wants you to do is to pull back, draw back, isolate yourself. I mean, if you have seen the king of the jungle be harassed by heads of buffalo, you will know that in, in togetherness, there is a lot of... Nothing can confront people that are together. You know, ordinarily a lion can deal with a buffalo. But if you see those buffalo in their heads, even lion will run. Now, be honest with me, your loneliness is not, a, is not a merit. It's not a compliment. Find an energy to connect with. In any case, can you, can you charge a battery in isolation? And they will tell me, what you are dealing with is a constant in life. To go through it is that you need an attitude. And can I tell you the truth? It is difficult to maintain the positive attitude when the, the problem is constantly harassing you. Now, you know what we put you through? The voices of Pastor Femi, you see. Pastor Steve, you can't fail on this one. You got to keep going. Has anybody here ever enjoyed the benefit of encouragement before? Anybody here? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you might be that can grow encouragement. Have you ever enjoyed encouragement before? That you were gasping for survival. Someone just tapped you. You wouldn't die. You wouldn't die. Get up, get up. Now imagine no one was around you. Imagine, Pastor Femi, Pastor Yomi, Pastor Kola, Pastor Conrad, Pastor Sefia, everybody that, as it were, in circle of friends. Imagine they, this boy would have been gone. Do you know how many people died, died, died in a painful way because there was nobody around to help? The church is not the building. It's the family that comes together. I needed to step out of that door tonight feeling so proud and excited that I have a family. And you know, above all, you have a very sensitive shepherd. 
I was opportune to go to a naming, um, uh, for a naming on, 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 on Monday or so, two days ago. And the father of the baby said, when they took my wife to the theater, I quickly called my pastor. And the rest is history. The baby's alive and strong. Who do you call? Why are you dying alone? The matter is suppressing you and depressing you. Can you change the strategy a little and connect with somebody? More power, more people, more results. Something is assured in my heart. If you will stay on this alone, increase your net worth, increase your circle of influence, you will go through any problem like, like it never happened. Have you been broke before? Anybody here been broke before? And you, you just didn't have a clue to where the money is coming from. All of a sudden, your friend just called you. All right, how are you doing now? He said, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, things are, you know, let me use the, the, street, the street word. Enube, enube. Ah, enube, okay. <laughs> he said, ah, enube. Okay. Do you know one of the sweetest news a man can receive? Send me your account number. You like that kind of conversation? Send me your account number. And imagine you sent your account number and you just say, Bagan. I have seen people check Bagan in the middle of traffic. Ah, holy shell. Simple but life giving. Simple but life giving. In a moment, imagine that fellow had nobody. I don't think, the devil designed life to be complicated, but the solution of God are very simplified. Everything God offered us as solution, they are simple. How can you not be in a church? How can you not be in a church? I understand those who are decided to watch it online, but trust me, there is no online in scripture. He said, how good and pleasant it is when brethren come together in unity for daring the Lord commanded his blessings. There is strength and life in our togetherness. That is the hallmark and my objective of message today. All that I've said in preambles and powers, no, 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 no. The real transference of real power is in how we can bond. Time will not permit him to tell you the giftings of the Spirit where we cannot exchange our spiritual gifts and all that. Time will not permit. But I want to emphasize that in the family, there's a lot we can unnerve. No, I'm going to close and say this to us. The SI unit of the first level of togetherness is, for those that are married, husband and wife, am I correct? If you consistently don't agree with your wife, you know that, sincerely speaking, you've opened the door. Because one of the things I don't like about that verse in 1 Peter 3.7, I don't like it. I think God was biased there when he said, when he said, you know the scripture already. When he said, if you don't treat your wife well, I will not hear your prayer. And if I, honestly, if I have my chance to ask God, but I was not talking to my wife, it's you I'm talking to. What is the connection between my prayer and my wife? The issue is not that God is saying, I will not hear you. 
God is only telling you, trying to tell you that, look, the mountains are they are very small. Combine the energy of your wife together, both of you will move the mountain. So there's no point fighting each other. First level of the test of togetherness. Then imagine you have children. Now say, uh, landlord said we should leave this house, and you call your son, your daughter, everybody, and your wife. Landlord said we should leave. Let us pray together. Believe me, there is miracle there. Now imagine you step out of that. You move to the larger pool. Your friends. Friends, I don't know what to do. My landlord said I should leave. I need some money. I have seen friends raise real money. In fact, I heard a testimony today. A friend was owing 49 million. Another friend, another friend came to pay it off. Yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, really, really look at yourself. The problem is never, is God around you. It's that you are not applying knowledge to the things God has asked you to do. How can you be alone? Why should you be alone? Why are you not talking to people? Why are you not in a department? Why are you in the workers? What is the problem with isolating yourself? The devil wants to destroy you for every isolation. Join the choir. Everywhere. We went for naming ceremony at uh, brother, uh, one of the brothers. All the choir members came there. You, if you do naming ceremony, who is going to show up? Because you are just nowhere by way of documented register. You are not anywhere. You float in and out of church. It's inappropriate. In the light of more power, more people, more results. Saints of God, God is not complicated. Do the right thing, you will get the right result with the right knowledge. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I believe tonight the message is clear. The instruction is clear. All right, sir. Psalm 68, verse 6. That's it. God sets. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound, those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious, they dwell in dry land. And I can tell you that that dry land, you must be the only one there. Yes. Yes. It puts you into a family. To so prosperity. But the rebellious. Now, look at this instruction, sufficient enough for anybody with common sense to embrace. Don't isolate yourself, because if God is going to finally reach out to you, he will reach out to somebody to reach out to you. Simplicity of the truth that I expect you from tonight, you should look at your neighbor before you walk out of that place. Hello, how are you? My name is John Boo. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Don't just walk away. And that's what makes us a family. I believe that is all that I believe God has registered and imprinted in my heart to share with you. That the power of God can be at work if you engage the blessedness of knowing what to do. The blessedness of knowing what to do. And I know from tonight, you will know what to do. From tonight, you will, you will, you will play more with your friends. You will talk more with your friends. You will talk more with your neighbors. 
All, are, all this together makes it easier for you to enjoy the benefits of power. The Lord bless us in Jesus' name.